Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. This will be a, a message. Uh, it'll be apostolic. It'll be prophetic. Uh, my husband and I uh, are... Uh, Feel the weight continuously of stewarding this revival that began six full years ago. And so there's many times that we have to preach a word. Now, those of you watching online and you're not a part of this house, you better stay tuned in because God's going to speak to you through the mantle that has been put on this house. Whether you're watching now or later, hear the word of the Lord. I say that to those, yes, online, but I also say that to everyone in this room. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. So how this is going to come out will be a little bit different uh, possibly than than other messages, but I've called this today the magnitude of the mantle. The magnitude of the mantle. Could we all say that together? The magnitude of the mantle. Um, and I'll say a few things, read a scripture, and then let you be seated this morning. Um, I just say and announce to us as we have moved into our seventh year of sustained revival, which is an assignment and a mantle for this house, um, that the mantle has increased. Amen? It has increased. It has grown. It's gotten bigger. It's gotten weightier uh, in the spirit. And so this year, the Lord has given us several markers and marking moments. This year, this year, and several of them within the last handful of months, even just last week, to confirm and affirm and validate our revival journey here uh, at Fresh Start these last six years. I cannot help but believe and I choose to believe that it is for the purpose of strengthening us for six more years and beyond, amen, of revival until Jesus comes back. The prophetic voices uh, have spoken to and over this house and over us personally. Prophetic encounters and circumstances, I'm telling you, they should not be ignored. And this is what I came to bring to our attention today. Because many times we can come into this atmosphere, like some may have done today, and take it for granted. Some may come in knowingly and take it for granted. Some of you may come in unknowingly, just being so new to everything and not realize that we take for granted what has been cultivated here. But God wants me to preach, to teach, to release these words today so that he can uh, continue to sustain. We can continue to sustain this revival. He can continue to grace us with everything that he has from the beginning of time, ordered and aligned. Everybody say aligned for this revival. You see, we've seen a lot of great things. We just gave an amazing testimony. There's been other miracles over the six years, but I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. I don't say that as a hype. I don't say that as a as a bait to just kind of keep you hanging on. No, look, if you can't hang on, you're going to drop off. Look, I'll, I'll prove that in a moment. We've seen it over and over in six years. You got to want revival and you got to want sustained revival. And so this is what I came to impart to us today, especially to those of you who are new, but even especially those who've been around here a while. We got to walk up in this place every time understanding that God has ordered this thing from even before its conception and inception and before the birthing and delivery of this thing. It's up to us if we're going to walk out and flesh out the rest of it. Are you with me? It's up to our tenacity, our faith, our boldness. That's why I feel like the Holy Spirit just says, just pray for legs to grow back. Come on, right now. Just make religion and the devil mad. Yeah. 
and if anything, it'll cause those who are antagonistic that are watching online, just so they can find something to gripe about, it'll cause them to watch a little bit longer. Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on. But we've got, we've got to put our faith on this. And so hopefully some things that I will show you today and reveal to you, some you know, some you don't know the depth of, will help us sustain. So we cannot ignore the prophetic encounters, the circumstances, the prophetic voices. So today, with the help of these moments, these markers and these marking moments, I will attempt to describe to you the magnitude of the mantle. The magnitude of the mantle that is on this house. The magnitude of the mantle that is on this congregation. The magnitude of the mantle that is on this revival that has been six full years. We began this journey with that kind of verbiage. In other words, we began talking about mantles even before we fully knew and understood the mantle. Are you with me? Uh, we began that way. We didn't even understand what God was leading and taking us into. And then again, I might, I say possibly it was our verbiage in the beginning that was prompted by the Holy Spirit that allowed God to be able to take us into where we are now. I don't think you understood what I said. Because faith declarations can get, can untie God's hands. Come on. Desperation declarations, come on, can give God something to work with. So our faith declarations six, seven, eight years ago, our, our desperation declarations six, seven, eight years ago have led us to lead many others to a passion for more than status quo and spiritual pursuit. Our, our desperation declarations, fresh start in the beginning, and our faith declarations where we were fed up come on we were tired of religion we were tired of people telling us just grow a big church and everything will be fine are y'all hearing what I'm saying we wanted the substance of almighty God in this place we wanted the substance of his glory we wanted the weightiness of his presence in this place we didn't just want to hurt a bunch of people in and out of a building and say oh look at me ain't I something we wanted to get the train of his glory filling this place we were tired of competitiveness in the body of Christ and we cried out with a faith and a desperation declaration that says there has got to be more. And today in 2021, that has led us to lead many others across this nation into a passion for more than status quo spiritual pursuits. We continue to lead people every time that you come into this building past your status quo spiritual pursuit. It has already happened this morning. There has already been challenges. There has already been charges. Pastor Jessica, myself, my husband, Sam, we're all, we're all urging us to push forward past our last experience. Why? Because there's a mantle on this place and the magnitude of it. Are you with me? The magnitude of it demands that we not come in in familiarity. It demands that we not come in in our status quo. It demands that we pull on everything that heaven has to offer. We would say things in the beginning like, this is bigger than we think. We would say things like sustained revival even before we begin to call it sustained revival. We would say things like, look guys, we're just going to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to keep the fire burning on our altar. We would say things like that. And it led us to declare now that we exist to influence a nation with revival. We found our mantle and we began to wear it with honor. We begin to wear it with respect. Others try to sway us this way and that way. Others were like, eh, this ain't going to last. They're still out there saying, eh, this ain't going to last. So here we are. 
And every year of revival, there's a crossroads into a greater scope of the mantle of revival. So I ask this today, and I'll let you be seated. Will you increase as the mantle increases? That's my question to us today. Will you increase as the mantle increases? Now, there's, there's some revivalists in this place. They understand the depth of what I just said. And there's some of you that don't understand the depth of it yet. But you see, it's my job and it's his job. It's our job to pull you into the deeps of God. Like we sang a couple of songs ago, I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm not going to stay here in my complacency. I'm not going to stay here. Deep calls unto deep. This is what a revivalist will do. I came to show you today the magnitude of the mantle. Will you increase as the mantle increases? Thank you. You may be seated on your way down to your seat. Look at your neighbor and say the magnitude of the mantle. Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. I give to you right now, Psalm, excuse me, Luke chapter 19, verse 26. And I tell you that to everyone who has, more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Just for, the, for em, emphasis purpose, and there's nothing greater than the word of God. Allow me to read Luke uh, 19, 26 again. I tell you, Jesus said, that to everyone who has, say it with me, more shall be given. Let's do it again. More shall be given. And then he says, Jesus says in this parable of the ten minus here, but from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. I submit to us today that the more that we give ourselves to this mantle of revival, the more it increases. I'll try it again. The more that we give ourselves to this mantle of revival, the more that it increases and expands and the magnitude of it grows beyond what we could ever think, dream, or imagine. You see, I stand here today with confidence and boldness in what I'm speaking and delivering to you because I remember the early days when we didn't see everything we're seeing now. We were walking every single step by faith, moving out of a traditional church, blah, 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 into a full-blown revival, and we were decreeing by faith, even though we didn't see the building full like this. Are you with me? Even though we didn't see all of the miracles, even though there were Jezebels, come on somebody, and uh, my God, even though there all of this, we, we still spoke forth, this is bigger than we think. So this is bigger than we think. Sustained revival. We're going to do whatever it takes because this is bigger than we think. I'm telling you, come on, if you can make like Brittany did, I believe that resurrection life is coming into my pancreas. I believe that this is bigger than I can think, dream, or imagine. Come on, our God is able. Our God is able. So I stand here with confidence to say today that the more that we give ourselves to this mantle, the more that it increases. And I can say that with confidence and with faith because it's happened the last six years. Every time that we give ourselves to it, God grows the mantle. Are you with me? Every time that we give ourselves to it, God increases the scope of influence and impact. Somebody say amen. So in this passage from the parable of the ten minus, which I have brought out in another context in recent weeks, but I want to do it again because we see a spiritual principle of stewardship that when fruit is evident, more is given. When fruit is evident, multiplication is given. Are you with me? The Passion Translation says it like this, to all who've been faithful, even more will be given to them. 
to all who have been faithful, even more have been given to them. I say, I'm going to be faithful with this revival. I'm going to be faithful with the mantle. I'm going to be faithful with what God has mantled me to be for us to be in this revival because Jesus has promised even more will be given to us. And it's not for our glory. It is for his glory. But it is clear in this parable that authority over, yes, territory was given, but also influence and impact was given as they stewarded what Jesus or what the master had given to them. The first two stewards in this parable, they filled the void or they occupied is the, is the verbiage that many translations use until as Jesus as commanded them. They, they did with it. They not only did with it what Jesus told them, they exceeded that. Are you with me? They stewarded. They said, there's got to be more. Are you with me? They said, there's got to be more. So they stewarded. The third steward, however, the third servant, uh, the scriptures tell us, he held tightly to what had been given to him. This, uh, I've preached this several times here and abroad in another context, but I was rereading these notes that I'm reading to you at this very moment in second, and it began to grip me at the core. Come on, somebody. It began to grip me at the core when I realized uh, that there was the eternal result was devastating for this third steward because he held tightly to what had been given to him. He just he just got by. He just said, oh, this is great. This is fine. This is good. I like what's been given to me, but I do not steward it. I am not going to do anything with it. Now, I'm not going to go into the parable now, but the parable, he supposedly gave reasons as to why he did not want to increase it. But whatever it is, which is not the crux of my teaching today, Jesus was not pleased with it. Are you with me? Jesus was not pleased with him just tightly hanging on to what had been given to him. Whatever you will steward, church, God will multiply. I said, whatever you will steward, God will multiply. This applies to your finances, which this scripture is, is talking about money, but it's a spiritual principle here. Anything that God gives you, if you will steward that, God will multiply this. Come on. And Jesus makes it very clear that when a mantle, when a mantle in this, in this story, a mina, but when a mantle is passed, you must fill the demands of that mantle or the capacity of that mantle. When it is given to you, you must fill the demands. And when you do, it will continually increase. And when you do not, it will be taken from you. Which is why I'm preaching this today. So since 2013, we have been stewarding this mantle of revival. It began with a simple, unassuming, innocent, yet bold declaration that went like this. This day we fight, say it with me, for what we're mantled to be. This day we fight for what we're mantled to be. Y'all listen to me, especially those of y'all who are new around here. We had no a revival of this capacity was not on our scope. We had studied revivals, preached about revivals, read about attended revivals, but nothing was on our radar of the scope that we are living and moving in as a body right now here at Fresh Start. But the Lord had convicted us as pastors and leaders that we were settling for far less 
less than what he had for us. And so with a group of about 70 people or so, we met and this prophetic declaration came out. This day, we fight for what we are mantled. Somebody say mantled. Mantled to be. The mantle that we were talking about was connected to revival. And as we describe it or define it around here, it is the sustained presence and power of God which results in transformation. I've got a lot to cover this morning, but you've got to understand that every single, I don't waste my breath on anything anymore. Are you hearing me? You better hear what I'm saying. I don't waste my breath on anything anymore. So every single word that I am giving you has been prayed over, well thought out, well organized, uh, according to what the Holy Spirit has ordered. So you better hear the word of the Lord right now. Even the very definition that the Lord has given us for revival, and there are many and most of them are great and fine and true, but even the very definition, the sustained presence and power of God that results in transformation is, is, is uh, has aligned, everybody say aligned, it has aligned with what I'm getting ready to share to you is going to blow you away or should blow you away. Even these things now the Lord is showing us as we enter into this seventh year that Kim, uh, whoever, Pastor Paul, Pastor Kim, whoever, I have aligned these things from the very beginning and the inception and delivery of this revival. So you must pay very close attention of the prophetic utterances and the prophetic ordering if you're going to be able to have the capacity for me to take you where I need to take you the Lord says look back on the ordering of your steps that was by the Holy Spirit and hear what my voice is saying that as you heard me in the beginning you are hearing me now and you will hear me in the future for the magnitude of this mantle is greater than ever thought dreamed or imagined but you must not be frivolous with the mantle that I've given you, Fresh Start Church. When I think about the, the likelihood and, and, and spiritual understanding, even of picking that phrase and definition in that season, I know that it came from the Lord. It was something that really we would not have really said in that way in that season uh, of the church back then. Now, it wasn't that we didn't understand spiritual mantles and all of this, but that was a prophetic phrase. It was a Holy Spirit ordered phrase. This day we're going to fight for what we're mantle to be. I came to teach you today about the magnitude of the mantle of the church that you have chosen to attend. What we have learned these six full years of carrying this mantle is that there must be something consistently deep within to consistently carry the mantle without. And a mantle itself, as mentioned in the Bible, was really nothing more than a coat or an exterior covering. But what that mantle represented on Elijah, come on somebody, on Samuel, are you with me? Brought a power and a symbolism that equips the one who wears it with a resolve. You see, many of you have low resolve. Let me rephrase it, let me rephrase it. Some of you have low resolve today. There's some that didn't come today because they have low resolve. It is not our job to beg you to come to church. It is our job to build your capacity to get you a greater resolve. 
You won't be able to carry this mantle if you do not have a resolve. A revival resolve. But this mantle equips the one who wears it with the resolve to accomplish everything that that mantle demands. I'm not afraid of the demands that lie in year seven. I'm not fearful. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anxious about it. I'm excited. Obviously, because we're human, we have this unknown thing that because we're human, we can't, you know, we try to figure things out. But you know what? I learned along the process of this, we've got to put this in the hands of the one who placed the mantle on us. And whatever he says, we do it by faith. The mantle represents the assignment, the call that is accompanied with the anointing and the authority to carry it out. So to sustain revival, hear me fresh start. Those of you watching online, learn from this. You got to grow with the mantle. There's a phrase that we've been saying around here for many years, probably almost since year one or so of the revival, is that you must grow with revival or revival will outgrow you. Get ready for the next size of the mantle because it's increasing. I came to show you today the magnitude of the mantle that is on the house that you choose to attend church. Sustained revival has sustained challenges. Inward capacity dictates the ability to continue to grow with the mantle. I will quote out of the book, God's Generals by Robert Slayerden. I don't know how to say his name. One man can't carry the weight of revival alone. He can lead a move of God, but the people also have their part to play. If a move of God fades away, it is partly because the people never continued in what they received. So he says, we are in error if we solely blame the leader for revival ending. I quote again from that same book, revivals don't have to end, he says. Revivals are meant to continue. The fire of God must be passed on with each new generation. What I'm getting ready to read to you, and I am going to read it. I don't usually like, no preacher does, to just read things uh, to you. But what I'm getting ready to read to you was given to me this last weekend, a week ago, at the conference that uh, was held here at our church. Um, there was a lady that, that was invited and, and, and was a part of the conference. Her name is Gina Golston. Gina, if you're watching today, we were texting last night. Thank you. Thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing the Lord to speak to you uh, through dreams and through visions and through prophetic encounters. Um, what I'm getting ready to, to read to you, quite possibly, I will not get through without crying, but I'm going to tell you God is speaking something loud and clear to us, Fresh Start Church, the magnitude of the mantle. So I will read to you, and because it's so lengthy, we have, uh, uh, the media has, has put it up on the screen for you to read along with me um, because it's so lengthy, but you need to hang on every word. This is a prophetic dream or encounter uh, that was given to Gina, not just for context, not for any other reason, but because I want you to know the weight of the, uh, of the, um, uh, the gifting that she carries. Uh, Dutch Sheets, uh, who is a powerful voice for the church in this this nation uh, has used Gina's dreams uh, in many of his travels, especially of last year, I think, and, and maybe others, uh, because the Lord speaks to her vividly. You're going to see that in just a moment uh, through dreams and visions. This is a dream, and uh, she even said probably a prophetic encounter, and it goes like this. I dreamed, this was on July 5th of this year, July 5th of this year, 
2021. I dreamed I was with a group of 11 people. The number 11, I believe, is very significant. I was speaking with another um, seasoned uh, woman of God this week, another actually pastor in our city. And uh, while I know other things that the number 11 can mean, transition, even chaos sometimes, she said it also can stand for alignment. Hear the word of the Lord. She said, I was with a group of 11 people who had been given the opportunity to visit a place that had great significance in revival history. We arrived at an old church that was built of grayish white stone. We stepped inside the church and we noticed the wooden floors. She said, you could hear our footsteps as we moved into the sanctuary. We looked around us. The ceilings were high. There was a balcony surrounding the sanctuary. And there was a high platform with a very uh, large uh, uh, pulpit situated in the center of it. We were just walking around slowly, taking everything in and whispering among ourselves about how honored we all were that we had been given uh, this amazing opportunity to be in this place, to step on these floors, and to be in this atmosphere that was part of revival history. We had initially thought that we were alone in this sanctuary, but we began to hear a man's voice ringing out from behind the pulpit Though as the people in the dream could not see the man, as the dreamer of this dream, I could see that he was on his knees with his right hand lifted toward heaven, and he was in deep and travailing prayer. His prayer was so intense and full of passion and sincerity. As he prayed, it was, it was so intense. It was as if he was being emptied out with every word. As he would speak, he would just rock back and forth on his knees with his hands, hands lifted the whole time. His face was red because of the extreme intensity of his prayer. Probably four or five times he repeated this same prayer, quote, alas, this cross that I must bear, tis not a task for me. Its weight is light, for my delight is to do all that you ask of me. I'm turning now to see your face, tis all that matters to me. I lift mine eyes, Lord, hear my cry, show me your glory. He repeated four or five times this same prayer. As he prayed, it was as if an electrical current could be tangibly felt. And we were all brought to tears as the weightiness of his presence, God's presence, completely filled that room. Our group reverently walked to our left and sat down on a pew, not wanting to disturb the man who was praying. And this is when I looked to my right and I noticed some of those within our group were Paul and Kim Owens. I do not know them personally, but I recognized them and knew them in the dream and Larry Sparks. There were seven other people with us whom I knew in the dream, but I do not remember who they were. I do not have words to really explain this, but the whole atmosphere was just filled with the pleasure of God. I wish I were able to articulate it. We could feel that God was so pleased with this man and with his prayer. The feeling of God's pleasure was real and almost tangible. Again, I don't know how to adequately describe that. As he continued to pray, I was sobbing, overcome by the presence of the Lord. The rest of the group did the same, and the man heard us, and he got up off of his knees, and he walked toward the pulpit, and I noticed that he was a tall man. He was young, and he had on clothing from the early 1900s. The pulpit was very large, and there was a step behind it. And the man stepped up onto it and he leaned over the pulpit and he saw us there with his elbows on the pulpit and his face resting in his hands. And the man was gazing at us with deep emotion, almost in a whisper. And he said, you came, you're here, you came. And he stood up straight and we saw that he was cloaked with what appeared to be some type of a robe, but it wasn't natural clothing. 
Again, I find it hard to adequately articulate what we saw. The robe was very thick, bulky, long, touching the floor. You could tell it was old and extremely heavy. And he said to us, I've been waiting for you. He put his hand on that robe and he said, I wore this for my time and it was all that I desired. It was all that I desired. I was almost afraid to speak, but I reverently asked, what is it? And he answered with such respect for it. It's the mantle of revival. I then asked, who are you? He said, that's not important. What is important is that you came to get this mantle. You have been sent here for this purpose. We had thought we were there just to see that building, but now we understood that we had been deliberately, even supernaturally brought there by God to receive that mantle. That realization was very overwhelming to each one of us. The young man then began to tell the stories about that mantle, the story of how he had received it, the stories of the experiences he had while carrying it in his time. We then realized that this mantle was the cross that he was so intently speaking about in his prayer. Though heavy, it was not a burden for him. It was the greatest joy of his life. As he spoke to us, we noticed that the mantle which was still on him was growing. It was extending with every word that he spoke. It was filling up the stage. He said, in my time, I cried out to God and asked God for at least 100,000 souls to be touched and changed by the power of God. But in your time, it must be much greater. The mantle continued to grow and he continued to speak. He was given us instruction and revelation about this mantle because it was being passed to it was being passed to us so that we would carry it for our time. As we listened in all to all that he was telling us, the realization hit us that we were going to carry that mantle and we all just looked at each other and we, and we said we can't carry that. It's too heavy, it's too big. We were all amazed that he was still even able to stand under the weight of it as he spoke to us. I was so overcome by the magnitude of what was happening, I was sobbing. I got up off the pew and I stepped out into the aisle and I fell on my knees and everyone else in the group did the same, knowing that we had for certain been sent by God to receive this mantle. I asked the question that I, along with everyone else, was thinking, how can we carry it? It is so big. In the natural, it seemed impossible. And the man then said, you cannot wear this mantle and look forward or around you. If you do, it will be torn and misused. It will become cumbersome and even wearisome for you. You must, you must ever look upward and be completely enthralled by the Lord. Focus on him, pursue him, long for him, and soon the weight of the mantle will be absorbed by the passion in your heart for more of him. He then said with profound joy, now it's your time to carry the mantle. In unison, still weeping, we said we receive it. We don't completely know how, but we receive it. Then out of the depths of our beings, we began to pray the same prayer that the man had prayed at the beginning. And that prayer became the cry of each of our hearts. And we prayed. Alas, this cross I must bear. Tis not a task for me. Its weight is light. For my delight is to do, do all that you ask of me. 
I'm turning now to see your face. Tis all that matters to me. I lift mine eyes, Lord, hear my cry. Show me your glory. The man stepped down from the pulpit back onto the stage. And then he was gone. I do not know who the man was, but I have a feeling it may have been Evan Roberts, a young man who was instrumental in the great Welsh revival that took place in the early 1900s. I feel that Moriah Chapel may have been the church in which we stood. Still on our knees, releasing this intense prayer, that had now become our prayer. That mantle was lifted from that stage and placed on us. It covered us and was now big enough to fill the entire church. And as the mantle covered us, it then lifted us up and became like a hang glider of sorts and began to carry us. I could see water beneath us as we were being carried by the mantle over the ocean. I could see land and then mountains and then we landed facing west with the mantle still covering us we all knew we were in the mountains of north carolina at a place where the holy spirit came upon a small group of men in the late 1800s and early 1900s that launched two pentecostal denominations church of god and church of god of prophecy out in front of us in the span of about 20 feet in width we saw white stones making up the letters that were each about four feet tall which spelled the words to be continued and that was the end of the dream. Gina said, I don't know if the to be continued words were referring to the fact that I would have another dream or if it was a declaration that we had, we had what we had received must continue in our time. It must never lose its fervency. I pray today, now I've read that several times, but I pray today that that grips you and grips you at the core. I ask you today to reverently consider the parallel of that dream that my husband and I were in. There were 11 people in that dream. Gina, myself, my husband, and Larry were four of them. She does not remember who the other ones were. I'm going to ask you to be reverent in this place right now. If you do not have to leave, do not leave. And I say that today because the weight of this mantle is heavy upon me today. We have got to build a people that can carry the remaining of this mantle. We must let this grip us at the core. Casual church attendance, I announce to you, is over. As I read that dream, and specifically remembering that, now, just until last weekend, she had not met us. We, had, I, we didn't even know who she was. I did not know who she was. But the Lord chose in a prophetic dream, a prophetic encounter, to make not just my husband and I, but this revival parallel 
with one of the greatest revivals of history, potentially the Welsh revival. Hear what I'm about to say. That revival, Fresh Start, was birthed through prayer and a humble posture of Lord, bend me. Bend me, this is now, obviously this language is, is in the 1800s and the 1900s. We don't say things like that anymore, at least not in the way that they say it. But basically, the cry was, Lord, I must do your will. With my life, I must do your will. This revival was birthed through prayer and a humble cry that says, Lord, I must do your will, not my will, your will. Can I announce to us today that Jesus, you know, we've created a Jesus in the body of Christ today that is a very domesticated, tame Jesus that fits within our comfort zones. And I'm going to tell you, he is a Jesus of grace and he is a Jesus of mercy and he is a Jesus who heals pancreases. Come on. He is a Jesus who restores life. Legs. He is a Jesus who restores broken hearts, but he is also a Jesus that carries a sword and he is a Jesus He is a Jesus that says I'm coming and I will split husbands against wives and wives against husbands and sons against daughters And I will to come on. I will split families. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is the kind of Jesus Jesus does not give us an out and say if I feel like it I'll wear the cross God if I feel like Jesus, I'll bring my cross to church today. Jesus says, no, that is not who I am. I give you an ultimatum. You either carry it or you don't carry it. I came to bring a sword, not peace, Jesus said. I will separate family. I will separate anything that needs to be separated because I have a mantle of great magnitude that needs to be carried until I return. And that revival broke out with a young man. He was a young man, young adults. He was your age, young, young 20s, early 20s, crying out, God, bend me. The power of the Holy Spirit broke out and 100,000 souls were saved as that Welsh revival swept that entire country. The revival, and I think this is significant given the definition that I gave you a moment ago of this revival was defined primarily by a pervading sense of the Lord's presence. You didn't get what I just said. Revival is the sustained presence and power of God that results in transformation. The Welsh revival was primarily defined by a pervading sense of the Lord's presence. It was a place of all. However, this presence was not just felt in the intensity of the church building, but that presence went everywhere in the city. I'm saying watch out Phoenix, Arizona in year, two, in year seven of revival at Fresh Start Church. You hear me now. I'm going to say something. I may repeat it in a, a few moments. We have got people sitting in this room today that have picked up their families and they have moved from California. They have moved from New Jersey. They have moved from New York. They have moved from Florida. They have moved from Oklahoma. They have moved. I've, I've, I've lost track of all of the states that people have picked up their families, picked up their belongings, said bye to their jobs and their friendships and their relationships. And they came to a desert called Phoenix, Arizona, because there was a church that said, I will fight for the mantle no matter what it takes. And they picked it up. They came from Page, Arizona. 
We got people trying to move from Mesa, Arizona. I'm telling you, watch out, Valley of the Sun, because this place is getting ready to be pervaded by the presence of God. You hear what I'm saying? You hear the word of the Lord right now. Because in the first couple of years of this revival, we saw an influx of churches that were around this city. Hear the word of the Lord right now. They would come in from other parts of this city and the pastors would visit. And I'm not saying that it's not still happening in measure, but we have seen that dwindle in these latter years of revival. And this is why I believe it's because the, the Holy Spirit wants to pervade our Jerusalem, not just the nation are you with me but God says I have birthed something in this place and I have put a mantle on this place and if people in this city will not come to it I will call somebody in New Jersey and Oklahoma and Florida and Michigan and California to come and be a part of what I desire for this mantle Jerusalem, Jerusalem, don't refuse the prophet. Lift your hands and pray in the spirit. I said Jerusalem. Jesus spoke out against Jerusalem because Jerusalem would not receive him. Phoenix, Phoenix, hear the word of the Lord. This city, hear the word of the Lord. Do not refuse the presence of God. Do not refuse Jesus entering in. Lift your hands, let's go into intercession for a moment for our city. God would not call someone who did not even know us to dream a dream about us unless he wanted to also fill this city with the pervading presence that filled that city in 1900. Lift your voices and cry out right now. God, whatever spirit of religion is holding back the release of this revival in this city, God. We tear it down today in the name of Jesus. We come against antagonism. We come against haughtiness. We come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We come against competitiveness and we pull it down in the name of Jesus. Pray. 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 Come on, 15 seconds. I say get ready, Phoenix, Arizona. If the churches will not receive the pervading presence of God, I decree that Walmart will receive it. I decree that Target will receive it. I decree that Costco will receive it. I decree right now that the bars and the clubs, come on, will receive it. I decree it in the name of Jesus. As it was in this day, I say let it be so in our day that the pervading sense of God's presence will be everywhere. Hallelujah. 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 It was an inescapable sense of the presence of God. You can be seated. Evan Roberts eventually could not physically keep up, which is also a lesson that we must learn from this. I won't go into that today, but his prayers for revival swept that country to many countries, even the United States of America. 
your prayers are reaching other nations, Fresh Start. And it is reported that by the end of that revival, five million people were reported converted, converted, salvations. Unmistakable dispensation of worldwide revival was allotted to Evan Roberts, quote, unquote. Many came to carry revival back to their own nations, quote, unquote. There is no doubt that the well, revival in Wells started a worldwide hunger for God. I ask us today to get a vision of the magnitude of the mantle. Am I making sense to anybody in the room today? I want you to notice the far-reaching effects of this Welsh revival that Gina identified as possibly the parallel for in her dream. As the mantle increases, the influence and the impact increases. Why am I saying this? Because of the scope of what God is getting ready to take us into. We must get a vision today. We have no room for excuses. We have no time for familiarity in this place. We have no room for excuses. We have no time for familiarity in this place. If at any moment we begin to take advantage of what God has deposited here, my prayer, my prayer is that a supernatural sobering will immediately come upon us for the restoration of the magnitude of the mantle. There can be, hear me now, no more fringe Christianity. There can be no more fringe revival attenders. Hear me now. You come, you hang out for a while, you soak, you get this, you get that. You look at us for a few weeks like a deer caught in a headlight. That's fine. We've learned how to handle that. But sooner or later, you're going to have to make a decision. I'm not going to stay on the fringes. I'm going to jump in the fire. I'm not going to stay on the fringes and just watch my people praise. I'm going to praise. I'm not going to stay on the fringes and just let them tell me what happened at Pray America. I'll be at Pray America this Friday night. I am believing God. Now, some will call this arrogant. You go ahead and call it whatever you want. 24 and a half years at this church, I've been called pretty much everything. And probably still am by some out there. I am believing for a nation-marking, history-making revival through this church. I have to make that declaration right now because we are at a pivotal place as we have entered into this season that we are in. Because there is, there is the inclination, man, six years, good job, we'll just coast for a while. There is no coasting in revival. There is no coasting in, in spiritual pursuit. Come on. You have, it's, it's, it's forward and all the way forward all the time. You say, do I get to rest? Well, sure, go rest your physical body. That's a must. That's some, a mistake that revivalists of old did not do like they should have done. But you hear me now, the spiritual pursuit and the spiritual aggression and the spiritual tenacity and the spiritual boldness and the spiritual push and press, it never ever stops. We have to look up to him. This is why we can't look to the right or look to the left or even look in front of us. We have to look up at him because he's the one that has the direction for our next step. It's not our neighbor. It's not the church growth guy. It's not this internet site or that internet site. 
It's not this mega church or that one over here. It is God and God alone that has our next step ordered. And this is why the man said, don't look to the left and the right if you're going to wear this mantle. The only way that you can look is up to see his face and to hear his voice. Gone are the days when you come fresh start and just sit around the campfire. You better jump in that fire. Don't you call yourself a revivalist and a burning one if you don't have the fire in you. Not just sitting around it, but you're in the fire. Gone are the days of apathetic casual church attendance. God says, I need an army. God says, I need my bride. I need my people, my church to sober up, focus up, suit up, and show up ready to do business for my kingdom. It's getting tough, y'all. You hear what I'm saying? I'm saying it's getting tough out there in the world. People are fearful. People don't know what to do. Especially those who keep watching the news for some idiotic reason. Just don't know what to do. I'm just so afraid. They're saying this. They're saying that. Mike. I'm telling you, it's time to sober up. It's time to focus up. It's time to suit up. It's time to show up ready to do business for the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? God needs a people who can turn some things before he returns. God needs a people who can turn some things before he returns. So he's telling us today, especially in the mantle of revival, all distractions. He says, I'm getting ready to shake all distractions in your life. The Lord would say, look for the shaking. Look for the shaking from within the four walls of your home. Look for the shaking in this nation. Look for the shaking in the cities. Look for the shaking. Because God says, I'm shaking things, not so much for the world, but to get my church in order for what I need them to do amen you give me a few more minutes in 2006 and you, some of you have heard of this our daughter received a prophetic word by pastor Greg DeVries he dwells lives in um, Louis. Alabama and um, he said this word to our daughter now we've told this story before I'm being strategic in what I'm releasing to you today to show you the magnitude of the mantle he says in 2006 he said to our daughter who was in Alabama at a school of ministry he said I keep getting something about Arizona and I see a blaze coming through the southwest region it's associated with your parents. It will be a real revival fire coming across the region. It will be like a forest fire. It doesn't make sense because it's in the desert, but it will be like cloven tongues of fire all over. It will be an Azusa movement in the southwest, and your church will be very closely associated with it. It will be a powerful thing. Now, some of you are smart enough to align all of these things. Align. Remember the number 11? Align. Uh, and some of you, you know, I'll help you out here. Not that you're not smart. It's just sometimes if you haven't thought about this, you're not getting the track here. This was given in 2006 to a man we had never met. And he still, I think, has met him. Just Jessica and I met him just last month. I believe it was last month when I was preaching in Orange County. For the first time, we met the man that gave this prophetic word to her for us, for this church, in 2006. 2006. Revival broke out in 2015. But you hear, he says it will be an Azusa. I'm trying to teach you the magnitude of the mantle of the church that you've chosen to come to. He said it will be an Azusa type movement. Welsh revival greatly, greatly, greatly impacted, if not spawned, the Azusa Street revival. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Are you with me now? Are you tracking? Alignment, alignment. I believe what the Lord is saying is the Lord is saying, keep your focus and don't let anybody get you off track from what I spoke to you. Come on, hear me. Don't let anyone get you off track. That goes for us as leaders and stewards as leaders of this revival, but it also goes for you in your personal life. Come on, that you have chosen to come here. Look, I'm not going to wear this thing myself, but you better take up your, come on, you better take up your part of the weight of this thing. And a Zeusa-type movement, as we met Pastor Greg and we told him our story and we got back home, he sent us a little, sent Jessica and I a little gift, a little t-shirt, or not a little t-shirt, but he sent us t-shirts and, and <laughs> little t-shirt. And he said, among other things, he said, what an amazing journey. Now, this is the man who prophesied an Azusa-type movement, which was directly influenced by the Welsh revival in the early 1900s. He says, what an amazing journey that you have been on. Thank you for sharing your story, and thank you for giving yourselves wholly to the prophecy that was given to you by the Lord. And one of the main reasons why I'm sharing this with you all today is that we can, can that all of us can give ourselves wholly to the prophetic words of the Lord. We must all give our ourselves holy. Look, I could preach. I could have preached anything today. Are you with me? But the Lord says to get these people, and I mean that respectfully, into the next size of the mantle, they've got to understand the magnitude of what this church is carrying. Come on, Fresh Start. And he goes on to say, this was a little card. He said, now others are profiting from your faithful obedience. And he goes on to say, uh, associated with the shirts that he gave us, and listen to the verbiage here. With, with what I'm talking about today, considering a mantle. He said, those who wear revival carry revival. Yeah, I'm gonna rush out and buy a t-shirt. You can wear a t-shirt and still not carry revival. Come on. I'm trying to teach you the depth of this today. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, wear the mantle, wear the mantle, wear the mantle. Many of you have heard me tell the story of when we were in California just back in March of this year. And my husband and I were able to actually walk right up in the Bonnie Bray house where the Azusa Street Revival was birthed. Are you with me? I believe that the Lord allowed us to enter the place where the mantle was dropped for Azusa Street. Y'all didn't hear me. I believe, now, now y'all have heard the story before, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to, to go into the depths of it, but we were not supposed to be in that little house that day. We had no idea that it was months and months to get an appointment to get a tour of that little house where a group of 15 people had birthed a national and, a, and, a, and, a, and an international revival called Azusa Street. We just wanted to see the house and take a picture of it. Come on, and say, hey, we've been here. But the Lord opened the gate for us and opened the doors for us so that we would walk up in the house. And as I was preparing this sermon, as I am trying to walk you through the magnitude of a mantle, I believe the Lord said, Kim, tell them that I allowed your feet to enter into the place where the mantle was dropped for Azusa Street Revival. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fresh start. Come on. Come on, somebody. Okay. Throw your hands in the air for 30 seconds and say, God, I take the mantle. I take the mantle. I take the mantle. I take the magnitude. I take the increase. I take the next size of the mantle, oh God. Come on, 10 seconds. Cry out right now. Come on, five seconds. We take it, Lord. We take it, Lord. We take it.
strengthen us, God. In 2009, Cindy Jacobs, if you don't know that name, then you're either very, very new to the Lord or you've been in another campus circle in the body of Christ. But in 2009, she called my husband and I up on the stage in Tucson, Arizona. And she said this. She said, the Lord would say, this is 2009, you have been in the midst of a shaking. God says, I have pruned, but the pruning is over. The Lord would say that there's now going to be growth. And God says, it's going to be like you can't believe. This is 2009, Cindy Jacobs. The Lord says the wilderness is getting ready to bloom like a rose. And the Lord would say that there's going to be rivers in the desert places. Streams in the desert are coming from above, says the Lord, especially upon the youth and the children. I am coming to pour out my spirit, 2009, word of the Lord through Cindy Jacobs. If I could stand here and tell you some stories that happened between 2009 and 2015. You see, sometimes the devil knows the magnitude of a mantle before we know the magnitude of a mantle. And the Lord would say, even upon your own family, upon your own seed, uh, I was, Jessica was not leading praise and worship in that season, correct? I'm getting ready to pour out my spirit in a measure greater than you can imagine. And God says to you, get out of the boat, launch out into the deep. I have called you to the deep things. You see, God was getting us ready, fresh start, those who are watching, to not be satisfied with shallow things anymore. It was very much an inclination in that season. You hear what I'm saying? And the word of the Lord called us up out of a, 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 a I don't know, a couple thousand people maybe, I don't know, a thousand, couple thousand people. And it was unmistakable that she was talking to us, that the Lord was talking to us. And he says, launch into the deep because I've called you to the deep things. I haven't called you to swim at the shallow end. I honestly, I don't know how anybody can swim at the shallow end. Come on, somebody. I have called you to get in the river and flow in the river. And the Lord would say, that there has been persecution because you have been in the river. And there have been those that didn't understand you being in the river. Now keep in mind, the prophetic word of the Lord is speaking to the future. Are you with me? But God would say that the river we sang about this morning is going to flow through your church. Watch this fresh start. It is coming with a wave of miracles. It is coming with a wave of signs and wonders greater than you can imagine. Are you done, Pastor Kim? I'm not done. Because that same woman of God, just this last weekend when we were in conference on Friday night, she stood right down there and prophesied over Jessica first and over my husband and I second. We stood right down there just last, a week ago, Friday night. And that same uh, the, uh, uh, prophetess that the Lord used in 2009 to prophesy what you are living in right now, the revival that we are in right now, she said, it is time for a fresh word for fresh start. She said to Pastor Jessica, I was whipping through different revivals and there's a unique sound. And this is what the Lord said to me. I'm 
I'm calling you to release the heavy glory. The world has heavy metal, but the Lord says you have heavy glory. And the Lord says, I'm going to release this sound as a weapon against the enemy. It's a sound of a generation that will go like 2 Chronicles 2020, go before the battle and then believe in the prophets. And the Lord says, break open the heavens. This has a breaker anointing. And the Lord says, you must release the sound purposely. You must release the sound into this nation. You're going to release it to the north, south, and the east, and the west. And the Lord says, I will send you out and saturate America with my heavy glory, with the kabod, says the Lord. Now, I'm going to pause here, and there's just one more paragraph to what she spoke over Jessica. But here's what I've got to say. If someone can stand us on a stage and pick us prophetically out of a group of a thousand pastors and leaders and call us up and give us a word that right now we are living and walking in, I don't know about you, but I'm going to listen to what the Lord has to say through her. The Lord says, I'm going to multiply this team. I'm going to give you more teams. I'm going to give you many teams because you're going to train and mentor. Did you hear the word multiplication? The mantle is growing. Are you with me? The Lord says, call for the worshipers and call them to come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, the nations of the earth, and they will come here and you will teach and train and impart. And the Lord says, I'm bringing to you a new level, a whole new team to a new level, a whole new team, a new level. The Lord says, the nations need it. And if you call for them, they will come. And if you were here on Wednesday night, we called for the nations to come. And then she spoke to us and the Lord says, now get ready because I'm going to give you multiplication. Here we go. The Lord says, I'm going to give you multiplication. These are my words. That is the parable from the parable of stewardship. When fruit is seen, multiplication is given. Are you with me? When fruit is seen, multiplication was given. This word was given before I, before I knew of the mantle dream. I did not know of the mantle dream that I told you in the beginning of this message until uh, that was the next day that that was shared with me and I didn't read it until Sunday night but uh, Cindy gave this word standing right here on Friday night and she says the Lord says fresh start I'm going to give you multiplication of campuses north south east and west and the Lord says I'm going to saturate this valley with my glory it's been called the valley of the sun but I want to make it the valley of my glory of which I will manifest and buildings and buildings I came to teach a group of people that have chosen to call, call this their church. I came to teach you today the magnitude of the mantle in the church that you have chosen to walk up into and call it your home church. I say it's time to pick up part of the mantle. And the Lord says, buildings and buildings. The Lord would say, some people say, why buy another building? But I would say that I must have discipleship centers and I'm going to bring them in. And the Lord says, watch and see, for you will connect with the universities. There'll be a university anointing. Watch out, Arizona State University. Come on, watch out. And finance, the Lord says, all the money is just going to roll in. The Lord says, get ready because I'm preparing benefactors and patrons for this revival, for the move of God. You might ask Pastor Paul, Pastor Kim, do you ever get up underneath of a burden for the finances of the revival? Well, first of all, no, you guys are amazingly faithful. But I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you, God has breathed on it and every need has been supplied. 
But what he's telling us today is that I have got more than what you can see right now. And when we've got more than we can see right now, he sends a prophet to, to open up so that we can see what he's seeing and what he needs us to see. Come on. And so the word said through the prophet buildings, the Lord said, I must have discipleship centers. And he says, there will be benefit factors and patrons for the move of God for me to do what I need to do. He said, you've been pressing in for greater miracles. This was Friday night of last week. I did not get that testimony from Brittany until after that was over with. Greater miracles and greater things. And the Lord says, there's a tsunami flood of the greater glory, the heavy glory, the creative glory I see body parts like new arms and new legs being released from heaven and the Lord says it's not just miracles but extraordinary wonders I want to make Arizona wonder I want to make the newspapers wonder and he says, I want to release it from the nations. He said, I see a parade of nations. The Lord says, go send, you will send, uh, uh, you will send to the nations from this house. And she specifically said, in Southeast Asia, I see God doing a work in Laos and Cambodia and Vietnam and even in Dhammamamar or something like that. In Burma, Bangladesh, the Lord says, Nepal, Tibet, get ready. I'm sending, sending, sending. And the Lord says, they will go to the hard places because I'm going to raise up those who are so burning ones who are zealous for my house for my glory for souls that they will not be afraid and they will not be ashamed ha! the magnitude of a mantle includes but goes way past having good services in this building I say, get ready, 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 get ready. No, no, no. I'll say it again. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Position yourself, posture yourself. You don't know what God's going to have you doing in another year. Lift your hands and receive the mantle. Come on. I'll give you one more and then we're going to we're going to pray we're going to have a time of consecration before we leave here today in the Welsh revival and you need to go Google it there's all kinds of things on YouTube and all this some of them are interesting some are kind of boring but but they all contain the facts but you need to you need to understand in that revival there was such a pervading presence of, of the glory of God that people would weep, they would laugh, they, would, they, they could not hang on to their sins. Come on. They could not hang on to their distractions. There was such an awe in the presence of God. Such a weightiness of his glory. And I am asking God, let it settle in this house every time. I don't have to preach. He doesn't have to preach. We don't have to invite no more people. Come on, somebody, to stand behind the pulpit, be mesmerized. Come on, somebody, by their, by their bio. Are you with me? Because the Lord spoke, I believe it was the last time that I preached here, I believe, that year seven will be a year of greater apostolic operation and accompanying glory. 
I close it up with this last prophetic word. Apostolic operation is simple, yet it's complex. Simple as it is defined, if you will, as the apostles and the early church operated. So when I say in year seven is higher in apostolic operation, it is as the apostles and the early church operated. Are we already doing that? Well, I hope so. Come on. But this year is going to be heightened. It's going, it's going to require the, require the next uh, phase of that or the next size of what the mantle is demanding. Are you with me? It's complex in the sense that it requires great sacrifice. Look at two or three people and say, there's that word again. Come on, sacrifice. It requires great demand. It requires great discernment. This it requires great warfare, spiritual warfare. There is antagonism. And what happens is in the body of Christ is this usually isn't fleshed out to the degree that we see it in Acts. We talk about it, say amen. We dumb it down, come on, to make it easier. And we say this is apostolic. Y'all help me in the room, come on. But yet we've yet to see really the level of intensity and sacrifice in our modern church needed to bring about the vast harvest and the turning of territories that they saw then. We've seen it in measure, but I say that God is getting ready to blow our minds as we align with the magnitude of the mantle. And this is why we must sober up. Come on, y'all, suit up and show up. We have no time for casual Christianity. We're all in all the time. No back and forth. There's no time for fluff. There's no time for gimmicks. There's no time for games. There's no time for cute church. Come on. In Australia, they call it smart church. We learned that the other week. I'm telling you, it's on. I say revivalist. It's on. The devil is ramping up his game. And so the church better wake up and ramp up its game. I'm telling you, it's apostolic operation and that's the only choice. If you choose anything else other than apostolic operation, my friend, you are probably in an apostate church. So you better wake up and hear the word of the Lord because the American church has been spoiled and loyal, lulled into a sleepy state of complacency and compromise. But God says, I am shaking from my heavenly throne the American church and I'm getting them ready because this nation has a voice to the world and it's time for my church to align with apostolic operation. This is why we must have boldness. And I close with this. Cindy's word that I just read to you, look at your neighbor say, end time boldness. Come on. Scream it at your other neighbor. End time boldness. Cindy's word that I just read to you, a look at the Acts church and the early revivalists show us that we must have an unwavering resolve and boldness, especially as we are faced with never before seen challenges in my lifetime anyway, in our nation and the nations of the earth. The next season of revival will require a greater boldness. Somebody shout boldness. I want, I don't know about you, but I want my legacy to be able to, for those to be able to point back to me and say she fought for it, she stood for it, she sustained it, she stewarded it, and because she did that, more 
more was given to her so she could hand more to us. Come on. Come on, 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds. Don't you get lazy on us. You hear what I'm saying? Don't you get lazy and say, well, let the young people do it. My God, get up off your backside and understand. We had an 87-year-old prophet that stood slash set in this pulpit a few weeks ago. And that's the last prophetic word that I will share with you that my husband talked about last week. 87 years old. And he says, I will not, he told us over lunch, I will not stop preaching until I cross over into heaven. Would somebody get a resolve in this place? Would somebody stop listening? Stop listening to AAA and planned, planned housing this and all this kind of... I'm just going to say it. Come on. We don't retire in the kingdom of God. We refire. We refire for what God has for us. I'm not going to dance. My bones hurt. Well, move something, bless God. Move something that doesn't hurt. Move something that doesn't hurt. An 87-year-old man can get up and stand in this pulpit, releasing however long he preached. Come on, a prophetic word to a group of people that God has chosen to put together in a place for such a time as this. I say the least that we can do is give our high praise. The least that we can do is give our time and our dedication. The least that we can do. And the Lord says, I have been taking this church through extensive testing and challenge over the last 10 years. Now, this is two prophets. Now, they do know each other, but the high, high 99.9% .9 chance they had no idea that they were going to give these words. I know they didn't. But both of them spoke to testing. Cindy in 2009 and Dr. Hammond, Bishop Hammond, just the other week. Extensive testing and challenge for the pastors that are watching right now. And you say you want revival. Get ready for the testing. And I'll to the pastors who are watching, who will be watching, I will tell you that if you really have that true cry, you've got what it takes. Don't put up with Jezebel. Don't put up with Jezebel. Don't put up. No matter what they say, he or she about you, don't put up with it. Don't put up with them. Let them run their mouths. God will take care of them. You've got people that are not here today. They're out there barren. Oh, they may go to church. They're out there barren. Man, I'm just going to say it. I feel so free today. They're out there barren. They're out there sacrificing. Some of them not in church at all. Some of their marriages are gone. Their families are gone. Their kids are all jacked up. You hear the word of the Lord this morning. If you are going for revival, you will encounter some demonic spirits. And yes, they sometimes operate through people. But I'm telling you, you must have a resolve. And if you have a resolve, God will take care of all the rest. And he says, you've passed every test and you've met every challenge. Hallelujah. I was testing them for a purpose, the Lord says, because I need a headquarters for my war angels to operate. And the Lord says, I have chosen this place. Everybody say this place. 
My husband pointed out last week that it specifically uh, 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 talked about the place to be a headquarters for war angels to be sent out, come in and operate. This is a place God told me to dedicate it because you've passed the test. He's been waiting for this moment, day and hour. And today, God is going to officially let heaven and earth know that this is your headquarters for war angels to go in and to go out and accomplish God's purpose in the earth. Come on, somebody. I said throughout this year and throughout the years, God has given us markers and God has given us marking moments because he knew that there would be a place. Uh, Miriam got up here on the platform last week and said, was that last week? Last week. And she said the Lord spoke to her. That, 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 what did the Lord speak to her? The Lord spoke to her about Peoria, Arizona. Y'all heard it. And the Lord gave that, that city to her. She had no idea it was such a thing. The Lord dropped that into her and then she found out that this is where our revival was located in Peoria, Arizona. Are you following what I'm saying? The Lord says, this is a place. This is a place. This is a place. And it hasn't just been chosen because of Paul and Kim Owens or the former founding pastors of this church. Not just because of that. It was chosen before the foundations of the earth. It was chosen. It was chosen. It was chosen. And you have chosen to locate yourself in this place. And I'm here to tell you in this message that God said, I will fill this place with a people that I will inhabit their praises and their worship and through them I will execute my plan in this nation for such a time as this the Lord would say it may be the physical people that are standing in this building or it may be people that he picks up from Oklahoma or California or Florida or New York or New Jersey and moves them to this place that the Lord would say hear the word of the Lord that there were people standing right there in that seat on Wednesday night from Washington State you hear me, Fresh Start, Arizona people. And they got on a plane and they flew here just to be at Gap. When somebody in Washington recognizes the magnitude of a mantle more than somebody that lives 15 minutes up the road. We have a problem. We have a problem. They got back on the plane and went back to Washington after they came to Gap. Now you know why I'm preaching this. This is a place that you have chosen to call your church. You need to understand the magnitude of the mantle. God is going to require of us fresh start and Elijah-type boldness like never before. The Bible says that John the Baptist who carried an Elijah mantle and I do close with this because one of the most popular Bible stories. Yeah, praise team come. Worship team come. Con connected with the mantle is Elijah. The Lord showed me recently that John the Baptist, the, the scripture says he flowed, he operated in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. The spirit and the power of Elijah. Here, from your pastor today, one of your pastors, the steward of this revival, 
the mantle and the magnitude of the mantle that is on this house will require not just myself and he and our staff and a few of the leaders and the mantled students, if they get it, to operate in the spirit and the power of Elijah. It's going to take this whole house. John the Baptist and the spirit and the power of Elijah had the ability, the Bible says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to turn the disobedient to the righteous. The spirit and the power of Elijah is the ability to turn things. All of these prophetic words that I've read to you today, reminded you of, really pretty much aligns with the responsibility in the earth as a revival church mantled with revival is the ability and the faith to literally turn hearts of the fathers back to the children it's been a very difficult scripture in my research for them to totally figure out what that means but here's what the lord spoke to me and i'm sure you've heard it preached different ways and that's fine but here's what the lord showed me part of the part of the assignment of this revival is to turn the hearts of the fathers the hearts yes the fivefold but even the body of christ back to purity and innocence. Are you with me? That's what children carry. We have digressed so far from that in the body of Christ. So much pomp, so much circumstance, so much arrogance, so much, so much. Even when we say we don't, then it just, it happens. Because we make it about us. The Lord says, the spirit and the power of Elijah, John the Baptist, John the Baptist irritated religion. And he walked up in there preparing the way for Jesus and preparing the hearts of the people. That's why we have to operate in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He walked up in there before Jesus, preparing the way for the Lord, the Messiah. Turning the hearts. Are you with me? Turning the hearts. The disobedient to the righteous. The hearts of the fathers to the children. He had a turning anointing, if you will, if I could say it like that. We burn in this place to turn. Why? To prepare the way for the Lord and to prepare the hearts of people. Evan Roberts, under the weight of the glory of God, cried out after hearing another minister say, God, In our language today, God, whatever you have to do inside of me, I want to do your will. I want to do your will. Bend to me. God needs us to do some bending today. Make your way to the front of this building in this altar right now before we leave. I would love to see 100% after what I have just preached about. Because this is one thing that I have learned. As if you can walk out of here right now, after hearing what you just heard, then number one, you either have to go potty really bad. Come on, somebody. And you're coming back in. Or number two, you really don't want to carry the magnitude of the mantle. I charge you, I challenge you today. God has a harvest. And Evan Roberts in that dream, who she thought to be Evan Roberts, said, I asked for 100,000 souls. Fresh Start Revivalists, 
How many can we ask for today? Because in that dream, you will do greater than that. Lift your hands and begin to cry out to the Lord. Bend me. Bend me, Lord. Bend me. I've got to do your will. I've got to do your ways. Bend me, Lord. Come on, all over this building, 100%. Some are still making their way down from the expansion. Those of you watching at home or you will be watching by video, lift up your voices. Lift up your hands. Make an altar right where you are. I'm going to go back to what I said a moment ago, Fresh Start. The word of the Lord and the magnitude of this mantle is that we will go to the nations. It is time in year seven for a higher level of apostolic operation. I don't exactly know everything that that means, but I know one thing. It means that what has hap been happening in this place for six full years, God is getting ready to explode it, not only around this nation, but around the nations of the earth. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know the timing. I don't know the footprint. God hasn't given us that yet. All we have to do right now in this place today, in this moment, is say, Lord, bend us. Lord, bend us. Lord, bend us. Lord, we want to do your will. We want to do your will. Come on, raise up your hands. Raise up your voices. Raise up your cry all over this building. You may not understand everything. You may not understand the magnitude of everything. But God says, I'm going to use this place. And God says, I have chosen this place. But in this place is an army of people. It is my bride. It is my body. It is my people. The Lord says, I'm going to use you. Oh, let the magnitude of the mantle come. Come. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.